Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. I'm Sam Homewood. I'm David May. David May, who's looking very tanned. I'm yeah. very tanned, but I tell you what, I'm absolutely Baltic. It's absolutely oh, yeah. freezing. We are at Old Trafford. Always moaning, in always moaning. One of the lounge's suites. The international suite, isn't it? The international suite. It's beautiful, beautiful suite. It is, it's lovely. Oh, it's great, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Really nice. It'd be lovely if I had a little bit, tad more heat. But clearly, Maisie has been golfing this week. Mm-hmm. I have. Guys, I have. restrictions have lifted a yeah. little bit. Monday, Life Tuesday, is Wednesday. getting a little bit back to normal. Yeah. Nice, isn't it? Helen's phone's beeping. My phone is beeping. <laughs> Sorry. She's got a hot water bottle, <laughs> yeah. hand warmers, and a poncho. A poncho? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Good week, everyone. Yeah, very nice. How was yours? Good. Yes, good. Thank you. Great week. Yeah. And we're through to the, well, at the time that we're doing actually in this recording. We are now through to the semi-finals of the Europa League. It's great, isn't it? Life is good. Yeah. And Jonathan Greening, another treble winner. Yes. Great lad, Jono. Yeah. Lovely, lovely lad. You, you, were, you were together at the club, weren't you? Yes, we were. Yeah. Lovely fella. He's a um, great footballer as well. Maybe his time at United was, I won't say cut short, but he uh, decided to leave the club a little bit earlier mm-hmm. to, to play more football, really. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he'll uh, elaborate on that a little bit more and... Played, went on to it. have an, a brilliant career, though, the clubs that he played for. Yeah, great career. Good footballer. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely terrific footballer. So skillful. But yeah, I don't think United got the best out of him when he was here. We didn't see the best, Competition, I, I would though, say. at the time when he was young, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, Beck's goalsy, gigsy, butty. You know, some exceptional players in front of him. Teddy, Yorkie, Coley. He's going to have some wonderful Only. stories, isn't he, of coming through yeah. that, that era with those players and the success that they all had. Yeah. This is only going to be great. Yeah. And also coming through, you know, coming from York as well. Mm-hmm. Small club. Sam, could you just describe what, what's just happened? Yeah, uh, as, as Maisie was talking there, he's now retracted his arms into his T-shirt. Yeah, because like a tortoise. it's so, so cold. It looks great, mate. I know. I don't care. <laughs> so another treble winner. Mm-hmm. Let's get him on. Jonathan Greening. I spoke to Stowley last night doing the cold comms. I said to him about 18 months ago, so I said, just get AstroTurf. He went, mm, I like the real texture of grass. He's had it done now. He went, it's the best thing I told ever. you. It's, do you have it? No. Do you know, your life. Yeah. If you're thinking, what's going on here? This is what usually happens. <laughs> they just talk about fake grass. <laughs> Jonathan Greening, welcome to United <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> How are you? Very well, thank you very much. Is that it? We've started? Yeah, no. yeah, we're in. All right. <laughs> No, we're not starting like that. No. I can't talk about fake grass again. Why not? Probably this way, you do. Yeah, yeah, no, but sometimes I think it's going to be edited. Like the start of the Mark Hughes one, I was like, oh my word, he's actually not edited that out. Yeah. But just him going, whoop, whoop. Was he good news? Was he good? Sparky, uh, really, yeah. yeah. He was my manager at Fulham for a year. It's class. Some shoes to, uh, to fill out, mate. Yeah. Right, he sorry. was good. He was very good. Sam. Are we we're chatting now, right? No, no. I think we're chatting. I think we're no. we've got a little bit of chat about Mark Hughes. Let's start again. Sure. Jonathan Greening, welcome to United Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, how's your sort of year and a half been? Because it's been pretty weird, hasn't it? Yeah, not been, been very good, to be honest. Um, I coach at a place called I2I back in New York and we've been, you know, uh, stopped for probably a year. Mm-hmm. Um, not done much for the last five months and uh, we just started back training last week and... Uh, had our first game last night, 4-0 up at half-time and ended up losing the game 5-4, so not a very oh. good night. How did that happen? Well, they scored five more goals <laughs> than what they did. Yeah, but... That's generally what happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell us about the Soccer Academy, firstly. So, 
everybody can get kind of yeah. So of what we basically recruit players from America, Canada, all over the world, really, to to come to to York Saint John University and I to I, and we um, we they've got the option of doing two degrees. Um, one is uh, international business, and the other is sports science, and. We run that alongside the football, so they do the education, 9 till 12.30, Monday to Friday, and um, the football, 2 till 5, and they play a couple of games a week, and I've been doing it five years now, and I really enjoy it. Did, did you set this up, or is this something that you I wish I'd have set it up, because I'd be even more minted now, but uh, <laughs> I didn't, unfortunately, I just worked there, but, um, you know, it keeps me busy, you know, I've been trying to get back into the uh, professional game for quite a while now, did my UEFA B, UEFA A, my pro licence a few years back, and... Um, I just can't get back in the door. So um, it, it sort of like um, ticks all the boxes for me at the moment because yeah. it keeps me busy. When did you complete your pro licence? Because it's a long, drawn-out process. Yeah, it's a long it? process. I was telling Maisie early off camera, um, I, I started my coaching badges back in 2014. So, you know, 2021 now, so yeah. seven years ago. It took me two years to do my B licence. I think another two years to do my A licence. And I think it was about 18 months to do my pro mm-hmm. licence. So um, I did it in Belfast, uh, your neck of the woods. Did you have a good time? People I did love, have a good time. People yeah, love going it's, uh, there for that. You can, it's uh, cutters, cutters, uh, cutters Wharf. Yeah, yeah. A few beers there one night time. But yeah, really enjoyed it and uh, just trying to uh, keep in the game, really. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you said you, 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 you can't get back in the door. I find that really, like, I don't know anything about it, obviously. But yeah, I, well, I think it was probably my, it was my fault, really. Um, I, I When I finished football in 2014, I was at um, Nottingham Forest and uh, they offered me to stay on for a year to do the 21s uh, with um, uh, Ian McParland at the time, who was the manager, which I did. Then after the year doing the 21s, a bit more experience because it's completely different coaching to playing. I decided to go to York City and do the 18s on my own and be my own manager. Did that for a year and then, unfortunately... Um, New management staff came in with new ideas. Uh, Jackie Ma- Matt Manara came in from uh, Cel- where well, he was Celtic. He played for Celtic. He was at Dundee, I think, before, and um, we didn't really see eye to eye. So um, we had difference of opinions, and um, it ended up going a little bit s- uh, sour. So uh, I decided to leave, and and like I said to Maisie earlier, I took I took six months off, and I think when you're out of the game for six months, it's it's hard to get back in. Isn't it so funny that though, even whenever we spoke to Mark Hughes and mm. it's quite obvious that he wanted another job, you know, it's quite hard yeah. to believe that people take six, just six months out and it's so hard to get back in. Yeah, well, I, I'd obviously played since I was 16. So um, I thought, you know, I'll have a little six month break on a few old days, you know, with well, that's a family the thing. And that and you, you think of retirement and you think, right, I just want to have a break. For, but yeah, it's, really yeah it's hard. I mean, you know, I, I played nearly 20 years and, um, you know, I, I coached for two years alongside coaching. I was still playing semi-pro. I played semi-pro so I was 39-ish wow. uh, for a team called Taddy just because I still love playing. Um, but then when I decided to take the six months off, I thought, you know, um, I'd easily get back in the door and it's just not it's not that easy. I, you know, even though if you, you've got all the licenses, you know, the BDA, the pro license, 20 years of playing experience. And, um, you know, I must have... I was, you must have put my CV into about 100 places over the last five, six years and still can't even get a reply. So, yeah, you sort of like, you, you sort of like lose, um, you know, a bit of enthusiasm. Do you get replies off them all or do you get blanked no, I mean, as well? Oh, totally blanked, yeah. yeah. I'd probably say I've only, out of probably about 100 CVs sent, I probably had five replies and 95 wow. blanks. <laughs> but it is what it is, isn't it? See, now that you're on the podcast though, <laughs> the offers will yeah. come flying yeah. in. Do you think Fingers part crossed. Of, um, I mean, I don't know, obviously, but I suppose one of the challenges must be that 
coaching staff move around with managers. So obviously, like we spoke to Mark Hughes and he said he wants a job, but presumably all the coaches here that he usually works with are sat at home as well, waiting for a job. And I guess, and I guess you need to get in with like a manager and then be part of that team. Is that how it works, you think? Yeah, well, it's like a little merry-go-round, isn't it? You know, um, you need to get on the merry-go-round mm-hmm. first before you, you know, probably get a chance. But, you know, like Mark Hughes, I had Mark Hughes at Fulham. He was top, top guy and he always takes Bo and uh, Eddie with him. Um, so like you say, he's, he's got the understanding of it, but for me, obviously I'm not, I haven't been there yet. You know, yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to get there and like most places or people I've spoken to, I've always said, you know, I don't mind starting low down and working myself up like I did as a player, because as, as a player, like Maisie knows, you, you know, you start, yeah. like, I mean, I started right at the bottom and, and worked my way up and I, d- I don't mind doing that as a coach or manager, but mm-hmm. it's just getting that first chance. But I think it was probably a little bit my fault. I probably shouldn't have took that six months off, but. After 20 odd years, I thought six months wouldn't be too bad, yeah. but it was. <laughs> That's so frustrating though. That's It's a nightmare, isn't it? And as you say, when you look through championship, first, second division, it always seems to be the same old faces who don't really have successful careers in doing it. They're just on that merry-go-round where they go from club to club to club to club. And it is a case of probably it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, I think it is. You were totally right, Maisie. Yeah, you know, you you played the game for a lot of years as well and, you know, been in the game for a lot of years. I think the most frustrating part is, you know, you feel you've got something to offer. And, well, I th- feel I've got something to offer. Oh, yeah, you, you know, I've, Of course you have. I've played the game for 20-odd years. Um, you know, I've been coaching now nearly seven years. You know, I watch all the football. I absolutely love football. I think I've, you know, got a bit to give. And um, it's just getting that chance, isn't it? And mm-hmm. someone to believe in you. It's like being a player, you know, when you're playing well for your teams and you're getting signed for, for, for different clubs, it's because someone believes in you and trusts you mm-hmm. and thinks you're yeah. a good player or whatever. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully I'll, I will get a chance at doing it. But if not, I'm I'm still coaching. I'm still involved mm-hmm. in the game. You know, I do bits for you guys at MUTV now and again when I get a chance. And um, I still love football, so... Mm-hmm. Did you always love football from a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I wanted to be from, from a young age. Where did the influence of football come from in your family? I'm not sure, really. I think, um, you know, I've got three brothers, one sister, and we, we used to live just opposite a park. So I think, um, you know, from a young age, m- my dad used to work, you know, uh, 12-hour shifts, uh, a bus building company in Scarborough. So, um, you know, during the day, he used to sleep and he used to work all night and stuff like that, or vice versa. He used to do different kinds of shifts. So basically, mum used to kick us out over to the park with a ball and fend for yourself for the day, you know, from that, you know, obviously when you were at school, but, you know, summer holidays, Easter, May holidays, it was out the door, don't come back till like tea time mm-hmm. at six. So, you know, just always used to play, play football with the, my brothers and all the friends who used to hang around at the park and that's how it probably started. Mm-hmm. And when you were playing at that age, are you thinking you were better than everybody else? Did you feel like you had a natural talent for it? Did you consider that football could be a career or were you just doing it because you loved it and it was a good thing to do after school? Well, I absolutely loved it, but I was miles better than everyone else, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think think it helped because I was always playing against two years, three years older than me. Um, My my older brother's two years older and all all the guys who used to go to the park were always older. So obviously I was probably small, but so I had to... Mm-hmm. try and put you know perfect my, yourself, my, yeah. my, my skill protect myself you know because you used to get bullied back in there then you know what I mean so um I think um it was always apparent when I first started playing I think I started playing when I was under sevens and I played for an under 11s team mm-hmm. and um I used to be a striker back in there Maisie will probably laugh but I came to United as a striker and um some, I used to bang goals in for position, fun <laughs> yeah I, I used to be a striker and um I think my first team was a team called West Pier 
and I was about seven or eight and I was playing for under 11s and I was banging girls in for fun and then the actual, all the parents complained because I was too young. So what? I got kicked off, so I weren't allowed to play for the rest of the season. How can you be too young? Because I think you had to be either a year or two years to play in that age group because I was like three or four years. They said it it wasn't right and um, I ended up um, missing. That's because you're t- taking somebody <laughs> yeah. else's position. Probably as well, yeah. And, yeah How petty do you have to be to be like, get rid of him. He's too young for these older boys. Yeah. But then I ended up going to, um, you know, uh, a team called Schools Park Raiders and Sunday League and, you know, it just went from there and I was always top goal scorer, like mm-hmm. 40, 50, 60 goals a year. Um, and uh, I yeah, absolutely loved it. You some bad teams then, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, we did play against some bad teams. <laughs> but, you know, in them days you'd win like no, eight, yeah, nine, yeah. ten nil. I think, I remember one game we won, I think it was 21 one or something like that Purple, and I scored 14 goals. Keeper. Oh my so, word. So uh, that was about under 13. <laughs> seed in the one. But I absolutely love football, you know, where um, I used to play, you know, a game on a Saturday, a game on a Sunday, you know, train every day of the week, play five-a-side on a Tuesday night with my dad and a Thursday mm. night. I was just constantly playing football. Mm. And were you thinking, this is going to be my career, this is going to be my life, this is all I'm going to do? Because if you realise you're good and you're being told you're too good to play at an older level and scoring endless <laughs> amounts of goals... Yeah, I don't, there was no, I mean, there was no like social media or like, you know, newspapers back in the day, you'd get a little sni- snippet saying Greening scored six or whatever and stuff like that. But, you know, I think people who were around me, friends, family thought, you know, I was a good player, but, and I, I knew I was half decent, but you think, you know, are you good enough to make it? You obviously want to make it. You want to be a footballer. You want to be, you know, on the TV. And um, I think when I was about 11 or 12, when Sky first came out, you know, you start watching all the games mm-hmm. on Sky and seeing people like Maisie, you know, where... Uh, Sky strikers, snapping, I snapping people and stuff like that, and <laughs> adding a ball, and it just made it so big. And for, probably from about eleven or twelve, all I wanted to be was was a was a footballer. And I remember being in a dinner queue, dinner queue once. I remember it really well. And one of the dinner ladies saying to me, "Just put that ball down, start concentrating your work and stuff like that. You're never going to be a footballer." And I just turned around to her and said, "I will be. Trust me." And I actually saw her about 10 years after when I was a footballer in, nice. t- in town centre in Scarborough and she started laughing at me about it. And, did, uh, she, did she remember? Yeah, she remembered. No yeah, way. yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it was quite funny. Yeah. But yeah, everyone loves to dream. I dreamed of being a footballer. And, you know, thank God that, you know, I had the opportunity to do it. Well, your break kind of came when you joined York City at age 15. Was that the local team that you supported as well at the time? No, no. I spotted United probably from the right, age of okay. nine or 10 and... Um, how did think, that come about, John? Oh, the York. It came about. Um, I was playing. I was or? playing for um, my North Yorkshire district side yeah. against. I think it was South Yorkshire. I don't know. You might remember him, a guy called Ricky Spurrier. Oh, he's, he's oh, actually yeah, United, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ricky was watching the game, and um, he actually spotted me and said, uh, pulled my dad. I think who was on the side of the pitch and said, "Oh, we we really like your lad. Um, do you think you can get him over to York City? He was the youth team." manager at the time he said do you think you can get your son over for training and my dad said and then them days there was no mobile phones around was it yeah. so he gave I think he wrote like the landline down and uh said to uh, said to him uh, give us a ring so he gave him a ring and said oh can you come come to a practice I think it was a practice game on a Sunday and I don't know if you've ever been from Scarborough to York the A64 it's like terrible at weekends like you know with people caravans yeah. and stuff like that but it's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So um, this game, I think I was fourteen at the time. I'd been doing well, playing for Scarborough Districts, playing for my North Yorkshire. Obviously, doing well grassroots. Biggest like game of my life, you know, a trial game for York City. I was well excited for it. 
got stuck behind all these caravans. We were late for it, struggling to get to the game. And then there was a massive crash on the A64, like dual carriageway. Couldn't get past it. Obviously, no sat nav back in the day to no. you know Detail. go around the little villages no and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, couldn't couldn't get in contact with Ricky Spears to say we were, you know, going to be able to make it. And then we ended up having to turn around, and go back home. I remember crying all the way home. You know, oh. what I mean, I was like, oh my god. And um, lucky enough, Ricky Spears here rang on that night. Obviously, landline again, no mobiles, and said, uh, you know, why where did you? you come? <laughs> yeah, basically, where were you? I think he was a bit peed off like do you know yeah. what I mean it's a bit of an angry Scott and uh, my dad just apologised and said listen you know um, this is what happened John I was really upset kind of thing and uh, he just said listen come back um, next week we'll have another game and just went from there really started doing well signed schoolboys under 15s under 16s and then did well enough to um, get get youth team and then tell us about the move to Manchester United then how did that come about how many years were you at York so obviously I, I did schoolboys two years, 15, 16, then I signed youth team um, two years and then halfway through my first year uh, in the youth team, I got offered pro, started training with the first team, started obviously playing the old reserves, none of this uh, fancy uh, 123 like, you know, playing against, um, you know, tough opponents in the reserve mm-hmm. league. I was think I, I was 16, 17 when we played Man City reserves at Main Road and I think Keith Curl was playing centre half. Steve McMahon, players oh, sorry, like that. sorry, we haven't even... Oh, yeah, so you're still a striker at this yeah, stage, sorry. Yeah, so I'm still yeah. a striker <laughs> and um, playing against people like that, you know, he's unbelievable at yeah. 16, 17 years old, as you know, amazing. How'd they treat you? Well, I actually... I did well against... In, in my first game for the reserves was Man City away, apart from the last two minutes when Keith Curl elbowed me in the face and gave me massive broken nose and a black eye. So it was like, welcome to the world of football, son. So... <laughs> um, but it was amazing and it sort of like just went from there really quickly in the space of like six months I was playing reserve team football training with the first team and it was literally completely different to when I came to United you know we used to train in parks with dog, cliche, shit, dog shit jumpers for goalposts because we had no equipment it was just honestly crazy where were York and football leagues at this I think time? we were league one at the time so the old division three would it have been mm. but, but literally not a pot to put in you know where um, I think I was on 32 quid a week at the time. And then when I got my, fir- my first year pro, I went up to something like 90 quid uh, playing in the first team. And it just sort of like rolled from there, made my debut against Crew. I was 90, I- sorry, 90 quid a week. And that was League One. Yeah. But I was only, yeah, you're I was only, only young, a young kid, yeah. yeah, first year pro. So it was like 90 quid a week was a lot, of, a lot yeah. of money to me back then. And um, I used to be able to buy a pair of trainers every week, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it just went from there. I made my debut against Crew. Uh, I remember the manager at the time, Alan Little, saying to me I was I was going to be on the bench. And I got on after about 10 minutes because one of the players got injured and he put me on. And I think I think Robbie Savage and Neil Lennon were playing for Crew at the time. They had a good team. They were like proper, mm. proper good team. And I ended up getting man at match, playing really well. And it just sort of like went from there. And um, you Did know, you bit by bit. One all, I think wow. it was. I think it was one all. Yeah, but I remember getting man at match and being so happy and getting the train home after because I was always allowed to go home back to Scarborough for the weekend. So I got the train home after the game and told mum and dad that I'd made my debut and blah, blah, blah. And they were absolutely buzzing. And then it just sort of like went from there and, you know, bit by bit, I was getting more more first team opportunities. And then we played this Reggie game against Sheffield United at home at Booth and Crescent. And I ended up scoring four 
won four nil, and I think at the time I don't know if you remember Greece had just won the was it the Euros, mm-hmm. so it must have been ninety eight. Was it ninety eight? No, that was two like no, thousand four. Um, I think Greece won the Euros. It, oh, I don't know. They, they did well in some anyway, and the two centre halves I, I can't remember the names were at Sheffield United at the time. Two international centre halves, and they were playing for Sheffield United anyway. I did really well, scored all four goals. And then that's the first time I heard that United were interested. Apparently somebody from United was at the game watching somebody from Sheffield United mm. and they spotted me and really liked me. And then they watched me for about eight months after that. Right. And were you aware during those eight months that they were watching? Rumours, but you don't really, yeah. you know what I mean? Obviously you sort of like, you hear, hear things on the grapevine and, um, you know, a few of the York City coaches said a few teams had been watching me. I think Tottenham, Sunderland, because Ricky Spears had gone to Sunderland by then. So I think he'd, he'd been keeping tabs mm-hmm. on me. Um, and then obviously the rumours about Man- Manchester United. And then it was, I think it was the February 1998, we played Fulham at home for the first team. Uh, when F- Kevin Keegan was manager of mm-hmm. Fulham and they were they were spending lots of money, weren't they? And uh, I think Jeff Horsfield was playing for them up front at the time. And I started the game and I was terrible, absolutely terrible. I think we lost the game 1-0. And I remember going past a tunnel and Alan Little, the manager at the time, was a bit like Sir Alex, you know, he had that scare factor, yeah. you know, that, you know, where you used to pap yourself every time, you know, he said your name or, or whatever. <laughs> and he called me as I was walking by his office and I thought, oh, he's going to go mentally, you know what I mean? Because I was, I was really bad. I was still only a young lad, I think just turned 19 or maybe 18, I can't remember. And uh, he called me in and he said, um, sit down, son. And I was like, oh God, he's going to go from here. And he just said, um, I'd... Alex Ferguson on the phone, do you want to go training with him next week, Monday to Thursday? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, good one, you know what I mean? Like, he was going, no, I'm being serious. He wants you to be in Manchester tomorrow night, Sunday night. And you're going to be training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, coming back to us Friday to play, play for us on Saturday. And I thought it was a joke at first. And, and But then he just sort of said, no, it's, it's definitely true. And I, I was oh, supposed to be going I out that he night. Was allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. And I, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. So give, give me permission, but I was supposed to be going out that night, and I was thinking, you know, it was my mate's nineteenth birthday, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be in Manchester tomorrow afternoon, going to one of the biggest clubs in the world. <laughs> what you what should I do? Should I go? Should I go? Out and Why him? were you even considering? <laughs> I know. That? Well, anyway, I went out and I got absolutely, <laughs> I went out and got absolutely steaming, and I remember thinking next morning about half seven in the morning thinking what, what what have I done I'm going to the biggest club in the world and I've just gone out and got absolutely smashed so anyway I went and um, I was sorry expe- can I just say I just didn't expect you to go down that route I thought you were going to say so I didn't quite <laughs> Helen you've never been a teenage no, boy no, I was absolutely sure this was leading to so I went out <laughs> unfortunately I went out and I got absolutely steaming but um, great night and got the train the next day feeling a bit ropey thinking what you know thinking what have I done you know what I mean I'm going to the biggest club in the world and I've just absolutely got steaming out of my head um, but ended up training Monday to Thursday and um, what was, I was that like? It, you know, I mean I was so nervous where did you, know? you stay? I stayed in um, uh, Diggs in Swinton right. I ended up staying there my first year with uh, Viv um, Phil, ne- uh, Phil Neville not Phil Neville Phil Moran was there right. Alex Notman Gibbo do you remember Gibbo oh, the yeah, keeper yeah. and I don't think who else was there? Someone else that'll come to me. Oh, David Healy. Right. So, um, yeah, so I ended up staying there just for that w- them four days. And then it was just mental because I was so nervous and I was expecting to train with the, was the A team back in the day, weren't it? The A team. And my first day, obviously, went to meet someone, collected me, took me in, met Alex Ferguson and stuff like that, all the staff. And then he says, uh, be ready outside here. It was a cliff. Right. And uh, I ended up 
getting my boots on and it was like, you know, Bex, Giggsy, Kino, you, everybody there. And I was like, oh, shit, I think I'm training with the first team. <laughs> and uh, it was just crazy. I trained with the first team Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Gee. I can't remember them. Yeah, it was at the, oh. uh, she used to drive, didn't you, from the cliff to the other Lilton place? Road. Yeah, Delta yeah. Road. And we tra I trained there four days. And um, I love this path that you've it, taken. It was amazing because I was just. What did the gaffer say to you? What, on the Thursday? On the Monday when you. I can't remember what he said. He just, he just said, listen, enjoy yourself. We want to see what you can do, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, Kiddo used to always take us for a jog yeah. first, didn't he, and stuff like that before we used to get into it. And I just remember being at the back of this, you know. Back of the group. Back yeah, Maisie must have been at the back there. Yeah, Maisie was right at the back of yeah. the I think he pulled his calf, actually. <laughs> Um, but, um, I just remember thinking, you know, running, warming up, thinking, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Just looking at everyone thinking, I used to watch these on TV. And it was just crazy. It was just like a mental four days. And, you know, I, I look back at it and think, you know, it was just amazing. And um, How did they treat you? Like, how was Roy just, Keane, for example, with just someone who's just turned up and is... Everybody was so nice. You know, you, you, you paint this picture in your head that, you know, people are going to be, you know, not big time Charlie, but, you know, the... They're at the top of the game, yeah. aren't they? They're earning massive money. They're on TV every week playing. But everybody was just mm -hmm. incredible, you know, from the staff to the players just made me feel so welcome. Nobody tested you. You weren't the, getting the like balls smashed The only thing I'd say in. is I was probably not used to the, the standard of mm -hmm. the training. You know, I, I came from a little club. I'd never, ever really been coached. And, um, you know, so if you give the ball away, you sort of like knew about it, you know, people would be on you, you know, amazing, all the experienced players, Keno, you know, it was important to keep the ball. So I learned very fast that you had to have a good first touch, you had to keep the ball, you had to have high standards, mm -hmm. you know, you had to be, in, the intensity had to be there. And um, that's probably what I learned for the whole three years there. But that first four days, uh, the first couple of sessions, I thought, you know, I need to be up to speed here because these are faster, stronger than me. I was still only a young kid really at the time. So uh, so you were still a striker at this point. Who were you yeah. trying to take the place off at this stage? Well, I was just trying to sign for United at the yeah. time. <laughs> I was trying to get my 90 quid a week up to about 120. <laughs> you're looking at the team, you're training with them and you're thinking, hmm, whose place can I take there? Well, I mean, there was amazing players, weren't there? I, I couldn't say I was, I was just trying to it would, have been, it would have been Coley or something. Coley, yeah. Coley. So Yorkie came in the summer because mm -hmm. I signed in the March, I think. Um, so it'd have been Coley, Coley, Teddy, Ollie, Yordi was there. Yeah. Obviously, Giggsy Beck's on the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, yeah, get course. signed from United. And on the Thursday when I left, I was going back to York, and Alex Ferguson pulled me into the office, which was very nice, and said, "Listen, you've done terrific for the next for the last four days. We're really happy with you. Go back and." play for York at the weekend which I did play terrible again <laughs> no, I didn't play as bad as I did the week before but um, I didn't actually start I came off the bench but um, I didn't do as, as well as I probably should have done and then um, literally about a week later Alan Little called me into his office and said we've agreed a deal with United they're really happy with you they want you to go there so I didn't know what to do I didn't have an agent mm -hmm. you know what I mean I was on peanuts so I, I said to mum and dad, I need to get to Old Trafford to go and sign. And my dad didn't have a car. What did your parents say about all this, your mum and dad? They were, like my dad's, brothers my, dad's, my dad's just so chilled out. My brothers were absolutely buzzing because they love yeah. football, but my dad's a bit bit more chilled out and my mum's a bit more chilled out. And uh, but, but we couldn't get over to Old Trafford to, to sign. because so you had no car, did you no say? No car, so um, we had to get a My dad got... Um, <laughs> You got so a taxi from Scarborough. My dad got his, one of his mates to take us. He was a massive Man United fan, which was funny because he was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for free because, you know, I just want to be get to yeah, Cliff yeah, and yeah. Old Trafford and all that and see Alex Ferguson. So he took me, me, my mum, my dad and me to Old Trafford to go and sign 
and uh, go around the cliff and get it all sorted. And uh, didn't have an agent. Agreed a three-year contract on absolute peanuts. With who? Who did you agree it with? With, with Alex, Alex Ferguson, yeah. Just the two of you in a room? I think I signed, I think I signed three-year contract, 450, 500, 550. And that was it. Done and dusted. Taxi driver really happy because he'd seen Alex Ferguson and all traffic in the cliff. <laughs> I was so happy because I'd gone from 90 quid a week to 450 and I'd signed for one of the biggest clubs in the world, which was, I was so, so pleased about. Did you talk about much when you were sat down with him or was it just a case of, we want you to sign, here it is, and, and you just go, It was yep. brilliant, yeah. He just said, listen, we really like you. We think we, think we, we can develop you and um, we can, um, you know, um, we see, see you as potentially being a good player in the future. And... Um, I really wasn't listening. I just really wanted to get started, really. And I yeah. think, um, you know, he, I think he felt he had to talk to my mum and dad, which was great because obviously, you know, a young lad coming away from home and he, he made them feel really welcome and um, said he was going to look after me. And uh, and that was about it, really. And it sort of like happened so quickly. And it was one minute I was a, a York City young player and next minute I was a, at the biggest club in the world as a young player at Manchester United. Did you feel comfortable with all of that? Because it's very easy to imagine that that could be really overwhelming to some people. Even just the training sessions, like playing with like the players that you're mentioning. Were you, did you feel like you were that was your level? Like, this is where I should be? It makes total sense that I'm knocking one twos with Roy Keane and David Beckham? <laughs> no, it never felt normal to start with. I think um, I felt like I, w- I was technically a good player, but that I had so much to learn. And, you know, going to, to, to a massive club like United with players the calibre of people like Roy Keane, Schmeichel, you know, uh, Coley, but you know, you can name them all, you know, Big Maisie was a massive help to me as a young player as well. Um, and Annie used to scare the hell out of me as well. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, it was just, a, it was just a, a natural progression of, you know, trying to be a better player, you know, week in, gotta, month out. You're bigger than Maisie, aren't you? Taller. Probably yeah. taller, yeah. 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 I, think, I, think, big. I think when I first came to United, his calves were bigger than my thighs. Right. So. <laughs> Just never heard you big, Maisie. Um, did you uh, stay in Diggs then? Yeah, I stayed in Diggs. So I went back to stay with Viv and stayed with David Healy, Phil yeah. Ryan, Gibbo and uh, Alex Notman. So I was there for a year until we won Champions League and I got that bonus. And then I was had a little lump yeah. sum I could put on a house. So uh, well, yeah, that's later, what I, I was going to say. Now, after all of your years in football... I'm sure you don't regret signing the contract, but do you wish you had have looked more into how much you were getting paid at the time? Yeah, people ask me about that all the time, but at the time I just wanted to sign for United, you know. Um, I remember signing there. I didn't have a clue. I just wanted to sign. Yeah. And it's, I think it's a Trafford pub over the road. I came here, spoke to the gaffer. He showed me around the club, took me to the middle of the pitch, chatted for about 10 minutes, went and had a look in the museum. Didn't even talk about money, nothing at all. And then Paul just, Paul Stratford did at the time, just says, right, that's what you get. And I went, right. I'll pay. I wasn't even bothered. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't even bothered. I think I was exactly the same as you, Maisie. I just wanted to sign for, you yeah. know, one of the biggest clubs in the world. I think at the time, Tottenham were interested in me as well. I think they'd agreed to match whatever United were offering. But and my dad's a Tottenham fan. Oh. So he was born in London, but I, I, just, I just wanted to play for United. I was, yeah. I, I loved, I loved, loved watching them and, um, you know, I look back and I think, you know, it wasn't really about the money. It was more about the experiences. Mm, and, you know, for three years, it was it was incredible, especially mm. obviously the first year. And, you know, my second and third year, they won the league as well, both times as well. So, you know, three years at United and we won nearly every trophy going. So, um, and I was part of it. And, yep. you know, it was, it was an amazing time. While we're on money, uh, I have heard a great story about you that 
during the treble season, obviously, as you're saying, you, you weren't on enormous amounts of money each week, but that the match day bonuses would be really big if you could get in the squad. Uh, and I heard that because you and Mark Wilson were really close, it got to a point where I think you offered to him to say if one of you made the bench for the Champions League final which seemed really likely that you could split the bonus so that neither of you had to worry about who was going to get it and who wasn't and you'd both get like that good benefit and then he said no I don't want to do that and then you made the bench and not him yeah I think he turned down the deal so he was a bit disappointed <laughs> but um, yeah you know I was good friends with Willow he was, he was a great kid and uh, a good player as well and he obviously ended up going to Middlesbrough with me mm-hmm. when Steve McLaren went to uh, Middlesbrough and he, he took us both uh, but yeah, that was that's a true story. And uh, yeah, we were both on peanuts, you know. I mean, I, I used to get embarrassed. I used to drive a red, I don't know if you remember, remember Maisie. It. I used to drive a little red Fiesta 1.1 petrol thing with a, someone stole the uh, the petrol cap. So I had this green, crappy, <laughs> pushing petrol cap in. And I used to drive it outside Old Trafford and park outside with Ferraris and all that and Range Rovers and whatever. And I used to be so embarrassed giving keys to geezer to drive off. <laughs> You know what I mean? I was like, what am I doing? And then after the game, you know, he used to come out and you'd sign a few autographs and then you'd go, can you get my car? And this little, this little crappy car would turn up and I'd get in it like so embarrassed. But it is what it is. And, you know, I never had much money growing up, you know, so uh, you sort of like learn to value it a little bit more. But, you know, I had a great, great three years. I had so, so many good memories. So tell you, us, you said you joined in March. Is that when you yeah, came Yeah, March 1998. Trial? So then you started again in 98 for your first proper first season? First proper full season, pre-season, Did yeah. you go on pre-season tour then? I can't remember if I went that first year no. or not. I'm not, I, I can't remember the, no. the, the, the tour. I definitely did the, the next few, but um, I can't remember the first year. I can't remember, year. remember about last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. too I assume fair. nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nowhere. Too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the first year was incredible because obviously it's the treble year. But for me, it was... Because I, I sort of like we're playing reserve team football, but I was training nearly every day with the first team. So I was I, would, I knew I was getting better week in, week out. I think I was top goal scorer in the reserves that year as well. I don't know if MUTV can get the stats, I'm not oh, sure. We'll but I was um, oh, we'll I think them. I'd scored quite a few goals. But the best thing for me, I was playing so much football. I was I was playing resi games all the time, but I was training with the first team. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the, the standards of first team training is completely dif- different to whatever I've, I've ever achieved, uh, had before. And uh, just the intensity of it all really. And obviously working under Alex Ferguson, you get to know it. And I ended up making my debut against Berry in the, was it the Worthington Cup back then? I can't remember. Yeah. It was, it's it's changed up. that many times. <laughs> and uh, Alex Ferguson had put me in the squad and uh, he hadn't named the team. He usually used to name it, didn't he? About an hour and 15 minutes before a game or whatever. And I remember going to the, to, I think it was here for pre-match actually. Yeah. And um, he just pulled me to, to one side and said, listen, you're starting tonight. Um, I've let your mum and dad know they'll be at the game, which I didn't know, which oh. was absolutely incredible of him. How did and you get to the game? I don't, I don't actually know, to be honest. I don't think I got a taxi, but I, I don't know how they got there. But um, your dad's mate again. Yeah. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> so Sir Alex had phoned your parents yeah. before he'd actually told you. Yeah, which was That's which really was such special, a such a nice thing. And um, and obviously I didn't know I was playing. And I ended up playing up front with Ollie and we won the game. I think I got a man at match on my debut here. Uh, I think I set Ollie up for a goal. And it was just like a dream, you know, four or five months earlier I was at York City and next minute I'm playing at Old Trafford mm-hmm. in front of, you know, whatever, 80,000 fans and setting a goal at Fronny Gunnar Solskjaer and to win the game and getting the man of the match. So it was, mm-hmm. it was just inc- mental. 
Do you still have that trophy? Did you get trophies for that back then? You didn't get trophies back then. You used to get, um, I can't remember what you used to get. We'll yeah, find the footage of that thing. A bike. Yeah, sometimes you used to what? get a bike. You used to get odd, mad things, didn't you? Do you remember getting them um, little like, mini displays and stuff? There's <laughs> 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 only a set of phones that you used to get. Yeah, so what, what were you saying there? You used to get, used to get like, like mad things. I remember once getting like a mini displayer. Like a something mental, yeah, for a man of really? match. I don't know if that was for reses or not. I'm not sure. And the deaf, some people got bikes. bikes. Like a bicycle. Yeah, proper bike. That's so odd, isn't it? Yeah. What, like, They're just carrying that back into the changing room. Yeah. <laughs> Presented to them in the tunnel. Yeah. I'm telling you. Like, it's a bottle of champagne, crack No. On. Even though what well, they get now, those like bright yellow things, whatever they get. Yeah, those they look things. like Pringles tubes, don't they? Yeah. But yeah, my first year was crazy. So I made my debut and then I think I played the next round at Sunderland. But the biggest thing that came from me was I played up front with Ollie my first game. And then I think the second game was Forrest in the next round of the cup. And he ended up playing me right wing. I think Giggsy was on the left wing. But I'd never played right wing in my life. Do you know what I mean? He just named the team and played me, put me on the right wing. And I was like, I'll before kickoff, I'm thinking to myself, absolutely think, <laughs> papping myself, thinking I'm playing against Nottingham Forest, half decent team, playing right wing, never played that position before. I didn't know what to do. And it wasn't one for City down. Back then. It wasn't Stuart Pearce, was it? No. I think it was Alan Rogers, you remember? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think it was him. But I didn't know what to do. So I actually had so to really go on to the laugh. pitch and literally figure it out for myself. So no one, they didn't, they didn't, it wasn't like, a, like no, Steve McLaren or whoever was at, coaching didn't Steve go like. Steve there at the time, it was yeah. kiddo, but they didn't was it really. Right? sit you down and say stuff no. like that. I don't, I don't even know if Alex Ferguson actually didn't know that I'd never played that position, but I ended up <laughs> being right wing. And all I remember thinking, warming up, I was thinking, oh, what am I going to do? What, I haven't got a clue. I've always played striker, never played any other position. So I just thought, right, when we're in possession, try and be the exact same thing as Giggsy on the left, but on the right. And when we're out of possession, wherever he is, wherever he goes to go there. And when you get the ball, just try and do That's what you exhausting, can. That's exhausting, trying yeah. to work out what he's doing. But then the worst, opposition. It, the worst thing happened after, the next round, we played Sunderland away, and he played me sent mid with, with <laughs> Phil Neville. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this guy's trying to crack me up here. And then and I ended up playing centre mid. I'm thinking, I've never played here before. And I was like, oh my God. So did you just try to copy Phil Neville? Yeah, I just tried to stay central and figure it out for myself. Get on the ball, play, you know, a few runs forward, yeah. get back tackle. Just, you know, try and do what you've seen on TV. And it was just crazy. And that was that's sort of like how it all went. You know, I was playing different positions and stuff like that. And, oh, my uh, cheeks are sore. How did, the, so uh, how did it go, the trying to copy Giggsy? Well, it went all right because I think we won the game, and uh, I think and I played. played all, the next I one, think so. I played all right as well, and uh, but yeah, it was just crazy because I mean, I I always tell people now, you know, because I'm a coach now, and you know, I try and. Think, but back in the day, we didn't really get coached, did we? It was no. like, just you know, it. you play in this position, go out and give it, give everything, kind of thing, and uh, it was a bit of a crazy year. But you know, what a year! It was incredible. Made a few first team appearances. Travelled to nearly every Champions League game, mm -hmm. even though I was probably T-boy and coffee boy and, you know, 19th man or 20th man, whatever it was. And, you know, visiting some incredible stadiums. Yeah. But was there a, so I know you were really close with Wes and uh, Mark Wilson. And was there a group of you that were, I guess, the players that were just sort of on the fringe of the first team that season? Did you, did you sort of do it all together? Because I guess. Yeah. I think it was like, different. well, Mersey would understand because he was an experienced player, but as a young lad, we would go, we would train nearly every day. We never had a day off, basically. So we would, if we travel with the Champions League squad on a Tuesday night, played a game, we used to fly straight back, didn't we? Yeah. So we'd get back at four, five, six o'clock in the morning, 
But then we'd have to play a resi game the next day or we'd have to go into training. That, that's We wouldn't get a day off like the experienced boys would. You know, we'd have to go and play at gig lane against whoever. Um, so it was literally seven days a week for the full year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you wouldn't change it. You know, you were travelling to some amazing places, mm-hmm. some amazing stadiums, watching the team perform the way they were performing, you know, one of the best squads ever to, to grace the game. So to be a part of it, it was just incredible. But I always remember, I, I bet I probably left the best story out was, I don't know if you remember this, Maisie, but my first ever training session after I'd signed for United was a Monday, obviously, and um, we trained and I didn't know what was happening. And after the training session, Gary Neville said, oh, we've got a paintballing day out and an all day session. Yeah. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> Uh, really biggest coming well off on an all day yeah. I was thinking this is crazy so we'd finished training they ended up getting some like crappy tracksuit bottoms on or whatever and we ended up paintballing somewhere everyone like, it was in Worsley was it Worsley yeah. and then we ended up going to a pub somewhere yeah. playing cards and all that till whatever and then we ended up in sound and I was thinking I remember phoning my mum and dad from landline in Diggs the next day saying oh what have you been up to I says mum you won't you won't believe what happened yesterday she went what I went well, an all day with like <laughs> Peter Schmeichel and Giggsy and Bex and Maisie and whatever. And they Brilliant. were like, shut up, you're winding me up. I was like, I am being serious. <laughs> that was my first day at Manchester United. Crazy, isn't it? I remember that paintballing. Yeah. It's class. First right? day, it was class. Yeah. Big Pete walking away because obviously we had to split teams up. Yeah, that's right. Big Pete's walking away. And as he's walking away, I went, yeah, I remember it. Absolutely battered. What are you doing? Idiots! <laughs> I, totally I totally remember it. Yeah. It was a free for all before we even started. Yeah, brilliant day out. Oh. Yeah, but that was my first day. Absolutely great. It really sticks in my mind. Oh, great. Trip. Oh, that, that sounds like uh, you might have made yourself a target there. We did the bus as well. We peppered, we peppered the bus, and the bus had to get all resprayed and everything because <laughs> so many dents on the bus. Who were the sharpshooters? I remember getting Yordi. Yordi. Yordi was brilliant. Because Yordi just used to sit in a bush. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And just pick people off. He was in the opposition, but I saw him in like hands and knees, SAS style. And I just saw him pop his head round and I just kept popping one. And it's not, I don't, for some reason, my, my air gun had a little bit of a, a fade, a bit of a right to left. Mm. And as he popped his head round, bosh, right in his head, <laughs> paint all over his face. Yeah, and, and the then, goggles. Well, you have to hold your hands up then, don't yeah, you? Say, right, yeah. stop, I'm yeah, out, that. I'm out. Nah, that's it. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> just pepping, just emptied a tank on him. <laughs> Bex, I think Bex and, Bex and Giggs, he went to um, a paintballing shop and they come out with these like um, oak boxes but with these like 500 pound paintballing guns. <laughs> proper, proper stuff. I'd love to know where a paintballing shop is. I know, I don't know where it was. Yeah. But I remember, I remember it. Two brand new like silver revolvers they were. were brilliant. Were they were they any good? As in the them Bex and I, I have them. no idea. Well, you just peppered anyone. <laughs> you just shoot your own mates eventually. Surely it has to be quite a dangerous activity for professional footballers. Hmm. No? I think it is, but you all goggled up at you yeah, and all yeah, yeah. up, but it was it, it was, was good the next morning, everyone's like black and blue. Team bond, bonding work. <laughs> Mental. Who, who won? I wouldn't have a clue. I can't remember if I was I on your team or not. I have no idea. It was just a crazy first day. Yeah, yeah. Crazy I know we should probably day. let That's this line move on, but it's, this is unreal. Yeah, just mad. So talk to us about the lead up to the Champions League final and how you felt in your position in the team and the squad. Well, I knew where I standed. You know, I was a young kid 
mm-hmm. you know, on the uh, edge of the squad. Did you feel um, part of it though? Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. All the players always um, looked after the young lads. Obviously, you know, we got a b**king when we needed it, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what what happens and um, probably deservedly so. I think um, the two weeks leading up to the Champions League final, obviously we all knew Kino and Scalzi were going to miss the... Um, the final because of the yellow cards and um, did you think you were going to play midfield well I didn't know I, did, I just wanted to get on the bench but then I was thinking when, when I was actually on the bench I was thinking please don't be, put me on don't put me anywhere you know I mean? anyway, anywhere actually if I spoil it for United I'm going to get cursed but um, I think leading up to it obviously we won the league didn't we the following week I was part of the squad for the FA Cup final I think mm-hmm. But he got left out, didn't he? But he had to, yeah, because for the Champions League final, played, I think yeah. it was me, Butty, and John Curtis and Wes in the squad as well. I think we took a twenty-two man squad and we were left out. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, we sort of like we're, everyone was guessing who was going to be on the bench, and it was probably out of me, like we mentioned earlier, me, John Curtis, or Mark Wilson. We we thought Wes would be on the bench because yeah. he was doing well, and you know he was probably playing more games than I was. But I was doing really well in the reserves. Like I said, I was scoring quite a few goals, getting a few manic matches and stuff. And I was doing quite well in training. And um, I remember, I just remember the morning of the game. There was, I think it was a pool table or snooker table. I can't remember what it was. In the reception of the the hotel to the ch- um, where we were staying before the Champions League. And Alex Ferguson said to me, I think it was after dinner or something like that, or breakfast. He said, oh, I'll give you a game of pool or snooker, whatever it was. And I was, I was thinking, he said, if I beat you, yeah, you're not on the bench. No, not on the bench tonight. But if you beat me, you're going to be on the bench. And I was thinking, oh, decent. I'm a half decent snooker pool player. I used to play with my dad because my dad used to be at working men's club. Used to go there all the time, and I was quite good. I was thinking, I'm going to smash him all over. Didn't know he had his own snooker room, did I? Mate, Hang on, he absolutely Alex wiped Ferguson. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asked me to he, for a game, of, game of pool or snooker. I can't remember which one it was. For a place on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? So this is like this is like the lunchtime or the morning of the game. I can't remember what. And uh, anyway, he absolutely spanked me. <laughs> and as he's walked off, he's just tapped me like on the shoulder or back and he's gone, unlucky son. <laughs> so I've, I've gone back to the room. I was room with John, John Curtis at the time. I had that little mini display of it. I put the verve on, the drugs don't work, all that depressing music. I'm just like that, ah, nearly crying, thinking, I just absolutely spawned the chances of getting at the Champions League final. But then obviously, when we got on the bus and we got to the stadium, he still didn't tell me. We, we went in and um, my shirt was hanging up. And I couldn't see John Curtis's, couldn't see Willow's. And I was just thinking, oh, I think I'm on the bench. And then he named the team... And subs, and I was like, "Oh, now if I spoil it, now I am gonna be <laughs> good." And fear just set in a little bit, but it was amazing. But I always remember. Don't know if you remember Maisie, where my shirt and stuff was hang- hanging up. I think it was Figo's locker. He still had some his corporate medals inside his locker. I opened the thing, and there was loads of medals in there. I was like, "Really? Just left all <laughs> medals in, wow. in his locker." Remember that well, you were stick. carrying your mini disc player. Around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, um, when you think about that story and the the game of snooker or pool for a place in the bench, do you think now, looking back, that 
it's mad to think he would have risked choosing the team he wanted over a game like that. No, he obviously knew he was going to beat you though, didn't he? Oh yeah, he was just, yeah. he was just probably... He's obviously he seen you playing snooker to, before somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was just probably trying to scare me a little yeah. bit and have a, little, a, bit of, a bit of fun with me. But I think uh, at the time, you know, I, I, I probably knew it was a bit of fun. Yeah. He probably known I was going to be on the bench. He probably mm-hmm. had it all decided, but um, it was just funny the way it happened. And the, way, the best thing about it, I always remember it, is when he just, patted me on yeah. the back and went unlucky son <laughs> which you know Maisie you'd probably know he's quite uh, sarcastic brilliant. like that and so also, also didn't have him dying for a snooker player no. yeah well apparently he's got his own snooker yeah. snooker room in his mm-hmm. house I'm, I'm not sure if it's true but that's what I got told I can't remember who told me I think it might have been John Curtis when I went back to my room nearly crying <laughs> did you not just try to keep snookering him and stuff like that <laughs> I can't remember if it was snooker or pool I just remember it thinking must I, snooker. I just remember snooker. I just remember thinking I'm going to batter him because I was quite decent and yeah. he absolutely well, quite well, decent yeah. by your standards, yeah, not he, by Sir yeah, Alex's. But yeah, he absolutely smashed me up. Yes, so he, he has does. got his own snooker room. Snooker room, yeah. right. Did you give him game, Tom? <laughs> Had you ever seen him play over the years, Maisie? No. Did no. invite you for a game? No. No, I, I, obviously I knew, yeah, I knew he'd had a snooker table. But that's a great story. Yeah. That's oh, brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. That's so good. Take us back, just sat in the new Camp before yeah. the Champions League final. You've been at the club what 14 months something like that yeah you've just seen your shirt I guess I don't know what happens you sit down so Alex announces the team what's going through your head what's happening what are the emotions what's he saying well first and foremost you're just absolutely delighted that you're on the bench and then you look around you know the, the change room you see all these world-class players and then Maisie and then uh, <laughs> and you're just you're coming. just so happy to you're so happy to be there and you know obviously supporting United Massive night. Alex Ferguson was really calm, weren't he? It wasn't, it wasn't massive team talk or anything like that. And um, just probably more goosebumps and a bit mm-hmm. bit nervous because, you know, still only a young kid. And I'd only probably played maybe seven or eight games that year, like appearances. You know, maybe five or six starts and maybe three or four off the bench in the league and a couple in the FA Cup. Maybe, maybe 12, I don't know. Can't remember how many. But, um, you know, probably just thinking... In the back of my mind, please don't come on. Don't want to be the one to score an own goal or who messes up, gives the ball away and they go and score the winner. It was probably more for me just having the experience of being there and uh, watching the team who performed incredibly all season go and, go and, go and win the game. But it was an incredible it was game. Where it was incredible night from the warm-up all the way through the game. It wasn't the best final. Like the quality football probably wasn't the best. But the ending, the ending was just absolutely unreal. But even like going through your warm-up, knowing what was at stake, looking for an unprecedented treble for an English club, did that feel different? Did the atmosphere feel different when you were out on the pitch and you're looking around and you can see the fans and everything? Yeah, you, you, you sort of like forget about it. It was probably more when you're inside the changing rooms, mm-hmm. but when you're actually out there, you sort of like forget about it. Just, you know, you, just start, you, yeah, you, just, yeah. you go back to normality of being a footballer and performing really, mm-hmm. I suppose. And it was an incredible atmosphere. The fans were amazing and the way the game went was just just absolutely mental and the last you know what was it four five six minutes was was just um, if you know to be in the stadium and 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 be part of it was just amazing because you know if you watch it from the tv you know it's 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 probably amazing from the tv and you know but it's nothing compared to what it's like inside the stadium if you're actually in there Mm -hmm. and for us obviously being on the bench being part of it wanting the lads to do well Particularly when the equaliser went, right? oh. just, everyone just legged it down. Just, well, down, the, down video the, just, the, the video yeah. just shows it, doesn't it's it? You know, as soon as it goes in, everyone, run. the whole bench, <laughs> and then the same for the second goal. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of minutes later, I think I don't think we probably we probably thought we were going to go to extra time, didn't yeah, we? Definitely. 
Um, but then the second goal goes in and then everyone's off again and it's just it's just incredible when I watch it back now you sort of like think I can't believe I was part of that and then obviously you then got to go and get your medal and there's footage of you and Wes and you almost look like you're daring each other to go and grab the trophy and things what did it feel like being in there because I think you've said previously you felt like a bit of a fraud because of not playing yeah you sort of like you don't feel like a fraud because you know you've been part of it for the year you've travelled yeah. to every game you know you've trained every day with the first team but you just feel like you probably haven't given you know that you know you probably don't deserve it as much as you know people like Keno and Scolzi who, you know who were amazing all year and they probably missed out on that as well do you know what I mean yeah. I wouldn't say I felt like a fraud I just probably felt like I probably didn't deserve it as much mm-hmm. as the rest of the lads I absolutely loved it because I was a United fan I absolutely loved it because the guys were great with us young lads but there's just that little thing in the back of mind when you probably didn't deserve it like I probably when I played for West Brom and we won the championship and I played every minute of every game 46 games and I was captain mm-hmm. and you lift the trophy you know you think you know I deserve that because yeah. you know you put you put it in but with this I was probably you know I, I think I'm the only good pub question isn't it I'm the only play, player not to Play any minutes in the Champions League to win a Champions League medal? Well, there's two of us outside. Uh, oh, didn't you? No. We oh, right. yeah. knew then. Yeah. The only appearance so. I made was in the final. Ah, well, right. on the there wasn't even a yeah. finger. Right. Because I only played the last seven or eight games of the season. Right. Because okay. I was injured all season. Yeah, yeah. Henning yeah. got injured in, can't think where Henning got injured. Yeah, that's right. Henning was injured as well. So, yeah. So, I was the same, mate. Right. So... Brewster, at, Brewster at Liverpool. All oh, right, there you go. Then so there's another one now. But yeah, so terrible pub question. <laughs> yeah. it, it, well, I, I thought it was me at the time. You people used to say it to me. Probably trying to take the Mickey out of me. But uh, John, I'm exactly the same. Mm. I didn't get, I didn't get a Premier League medal because I didn't make enough appearances. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I, I think I'm, I can't remember how many made five or six maybe yeah. that first year. How many, how many medals did you get? Because we, I didn't get any Premier League medals, even yeah. though I won the league three years in the spin. <laughs> but nowadays, like it's a small. It's you, different now in it because nowadays it's more of a squad game and everyone in yeah. the squad gets a Premier League medal, doesn't it? But was it um, ten appearances back then? Ten, yeah, ten appearances, ten appearances yeah. yeah. I think every year I was just short by a few. So I mean, that's changed now. Though, yeah, it's it? changed yes. now, and I think it's probably it's better in it because it's more of a well, squad game. Is, John, if you score a winner in one game and you win the game yeah. by, oh, yeah, you win yeah. the league by three well, points, two at, points. True. Look at Makeda's yeah. goal. Yeah. Or Aguero literally won the league with the last kick of the season. So, so if, I'm owed three Premier League medals. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Let's get, it, let's get it sorted. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same. I haven't got the Premier League medal from that year. But I've got the FA Cup. Yeah. Well, that's it. Did you get an FA Cup? No, because they only give the, the 11 starters final, and the seven yeah. subs. Yeah. But even though I was in the, the match day squad, fully suited up mm-hmm. and part of the travelling squad. You should ride to the FA, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I look back at it. With your record of writing to people, <laughs> you don't get any response. It's anyway, like so. the memories <laughs> there, isn't it? But maybe not. Yeah, I think it's more like, you know, as a kid, you want to be involved in all that kind of stuff. Do you know what you have though? Unbelievable memories. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, my medals mean everything to me. What I've got. Yeah, but nobody will ever ever take those memories. Well, as a, as a kid, you you grow up watching all the games, don't you? All the yeah. big trophies, the big finals, and you want to be part of you mm-hmm. know Premier League. You want to be part of the FA Cup, Carling Cup, Champions League. You know, I played Super yeah. Cup with United, played against Lazio, which was amazing. Charity Shield, I was sub yeah. Charity Shield. So all the competitions for every kid wants to be. I've, I've, been I've been part, been of, part yeah. of, you know, Carling Cup won it with Middlesbrough, won the championship with West Brom and uh, Europa you know, League final. Europa League final with um, Fulham. So I've sort of like experienced everything. Yeah. I'm just missing a few medals because I haven't got a few appearances. But like Maisie said, it's it's all about the memories, really. Absolutely. You know, can't take it Absolutely. away from I bet you've got some great memories for what, given the stories you've had so far, what came after that final whistle? How did you celebrate? 
Well, everyone just went mental, didn't they? It was <laughs> absolute carnage, I think. Uh, Albert in the bath. Yeah, Albert in the bath, champagne going everywhere. Um, I think Albert in the bath might need... Celebrating on the pitch was amazing with all the fans, were it? Macy going mental for about 30 minutes after the game. What was he doing? So, he just in the home and yeah, that's it. No, nothing wrong with it. Every, everyone was ex- absolutely ecstatic and the celebrating. Best, best night. Yeah, it was class ever. and, um, you know, it was just, it was just amazing. Brilliant. Did yeah. your family travel to the game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mum and dad and missus came to the game and um, went back after, didn't we, to the hotel for a party. And, yeah, the arts hotel. Um, a few drinks and people celebrating and dancing into the night. The, I think the next day we, did we get the Concord back? No, no, got Concord going. Oh, we just got the normal plane Monarch back. Coming back. Oh. Just a normal plane. Yeah. Just a normal no, plane yeah, back and then plane. we did the tour yeah. of uh, Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. Went to, was it the NEC? MEN, yeah. MEN. Yeah. And did all that with, and came onto Birmingham, the stage man. and that, didn't we? And then do you remember you, t- you take him to the pub in Swinton after? I bet no. you don't remember, do you? No. Did I? So after, after that, we were still drunk, I think. He was looking for the one party We ended up doing that and then we ended up going to see one of your mates in a pub in Swinton. On the way back, you you dragged me along with you. I tell and you it was what, like a really rough pub, and I was like, I walked in, Maisie was steaming, I was a bit still steaming. I was thinking, Where are these people? Where the hell are we here? It was just, just full of United yeah. fans. Can you remember it? I remember, I remember coming out of the MEN in, a, in the back of a police van going up to College Police Station. That's Why? the only way we could get out of right. the MEN because of the fans. Yeah. No, you um, took me to a pub in Swinton somewhere. There you go. Yeah. I don't think it's an age thing that he yeah. doesn't remember that. I don't Maybe know if it was after Champions League or after Premier League when I, I can't remember, but it was one of them. He definitely took me to a dodgy pub, mate. And I was like, you know what, where the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think it was in Sweden, actually. It might have been Eccles. Oh, no, I've not. I idea, can't remember. Mate. I'll tell you what, someone messaged me on Twitter about it saying, uh, do you remember when, um, a few weeks back, actually, saying, do you remember when uh, you and David, David May uh, came into Marbuza after one of the wins? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, I do remember that. I had a bad pint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've done the travel and when, when did it come to a, a point where you thought, I'm not going to make it into the first team regular? Probably, I'd probably say half, well, a few months into my third year, I think um, I was starting playing for England 21s and stuff like that. And you know, I was, just about to, I was 21 and a half, just I think in the January I would have been 22. Yeah. And then I'd only made 34 appearances. And you know, when you're thinking, I need to start playing regularly week mm-hmm. in, week out, just to improve as a player. And yeah. I didn't want to be one of those people who stayed at United and not played, you know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. play here here and there. That's all right, Tim, that when you've won the Premier League, the Champions League, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. <too. laughs> I think... Um, I wanted to play. When I did play, I thought I always did okay. You know, I got a few amount of matches and, I, you know, even though I was playing out of position, most games, positions I'd never played before, I always thought I did okay. But then I'd play one game, do well, or I'd come off the bench and do well and I wouldn't play for like mm. eight weeks. Yeah. So it was always hard to, you know, get that momentum. Um, yeah, yeah, momentum. And um, it was probably a couple of months into my third year, I thought I'd need to start thinking about moving on. And towards the end of the, the third year, my last year there, I remember saying to Alex Ferguson, I think, you know, maybe... It's, did you go and see him? Or did yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I remember, oh, so, you know how scary it is. You know, I used to, when I used to walk past him in the corridor when we moved to Carrington, I would never say hello unless he said hello, you know, because he had that head teacher vibe, you know. Mm-hmm. If he 
sometimes he'd walk past you, wouldn't say a word, would he? And sometimes he'd go morning or whatever, and he'd, he'd give it like morning, but you wouldn't say anything to him unless he said something. I remember going to knock on his door and I went to go knock on his door, went all the way to his door, went to knock. And I thought, I can't knock. Walked back out, down the corridor, went round corner. I was like, come on, Johnny, you can do it. Just talking to myself again, you can do it, you can do it. Went again, turned around again. Yeah. Third time, knocked on. He went in. Yeah, he was in, he was in. <laughs> come in, son. So I walked in, he went, sit down, sat down. And I just, you, I don't know what it was like for you, Maisie. You were a bit more experienced than me, but I was just petrified of him for some reason. And uh, he was just like, what do you want? I said, like, I tried to get my words out, just mumbling. <laughs> Basically trying to say, listen, I think it's probably time I try and find somewhere to play, you know, regularly kind of thing. And he was like, no way, son, no way, son. I want to give you a new contract. So this had been probably about two months before the end of my third season, maybe April time. And I was like, all right. But I was like, well, I think I need to, you know, I've only played so many games. Yeah. You know, we, we, we really like you. We've, we think you're going to be a good player in the future. You're still only young. Don't How worry old about are you that. at this point? Just turned 22. Okay. Um, I think I had two years on my, con my contract. Mm -hmm. So I tried to get, you know, when you, you try and, say what you want to say but it just doesn't come out mm -hmm. you know you, you've rehearsed it so many times this is the reason why I want to leave blah 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 it didn't come out the way I wanted it and in the end it was like new four year contracts I want to give it to you blah 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 I walked out the office walked out and I was like I went in asking to leave and now I've got a new four year deal what's <laughs> happening here I was like so for a couple of weeks I was like blah. Did he give you a time frame? No, no, not at all. And uh, I went to see him again and he said, listen, son, I don't want you to go. I want you to give you a new contract. This is right towards the end of the season. Have the summer off. I think I was playing for under-21s in a few games. Have a holiday. We'll come back in July and we'll sit down. So I went back in July. Same old thing. Shall I not? Shall I not? Uh, ended up knocking. Walked in. Steve McLaren had just gone to Middlesbrough, as yeah. you know, as, as manager obviously been assistant manager at United for a couple of years. He wanted to take me and Mark Wilson. In them days, you sort of like get to know, you know, bits and bobs, don't you? And um, I sort of like knew it was on the cards. Alex Ferguson said, no way, you're not going anywhere. I want you to stay. Offered me four-year contracts on better money. Still peanuts compared to the boys, but um, miles better than what I was on. And um, I was really thinking about it, but then a couple of weeks later, they signed Veron. Yeah. I think for about 34 million, rude for about 20 million or whatever it was. And I just thought to myself, I spoke to mum and dad and I thought, you know, I'm 22, I've only made 34 appearances for United. I need to, I really need to go. Just sign these two players. And, was that a uh, tough, tough call? Yeah, tough call because I absolutely loved it there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone was class, weren't they? You yeah. know, the staff, the manager, the, all the players, the team spirit was incredible. I absolutely loved training. The only thing that was missing was playing games. Right. I didn't want to be one of those players who mm -hmm. gets to 30 and played, yeah. you know, 20 games. 20, yeah. 30 games, whatever. So I went to see him again and we had a few heated discussions, as they would say, because there was a few problems with agents and stuff. So you and had an agent by this stage? By this time yeah. I'd got an agent because I, I thought I, need, I needed I needed to because I was on absolute peanuts. I needed to get, start getting some money in the account. And uh, in, in the end, he uh, eventually saw me and Willow to Middlesbrough for, I think it was four and a half million for both of us. Mm -hmm. So I think they paid 500 grand for me and... Willow was free, so they made four million quid from mm -hmm. two young players. Mm -hmm. Have you ever looked back and thought maybe you were too hasty? Because at 22, that is still very young. It is very young, yeah. But um, 
I would probably say I probably wasn't good enough to be a starter at United. Mm. You know, like a proper starter, you know, where maybe you play not, maybe week in, week not out. 22. Yeah. But maybe another couple of years. I think if I, I think when I look back, if I, I always, you, talk, you talked about it earlier, didn't you? Your prime being like 26 to 30, yeah. 31. I think that's when I played my best football. So maybe if I'd, I'd gone to United, maybe around 25, 26. But then I think back then I wouldn't have learned what I learned, you know, mm -hmm. from the guys, you know, how to train, like, you know, what I mentioned earlier, the, you know, the professionalism kind of thing, you know, going on all days and playing paintballing. <laughs> um, but I think being at United for another three years made me have my 20-year my career, mm -hmm. you know, learning, you know, you have to be in early before training, do extra, do extra after training kind of thing, be at it every day in training. And um, I, I honestly think, it's probably the best thing that happened to me because it made me go on and have a... What did Steve McLaren mm -hmm. say to you about it all? About going to Middlesbrough? Yeah. Um, I think I got um, a call from him saying he'd took the job and, you know, he'd be interested in taking me and Willow to um, to Middlesbrough as, as, as his first signings. And he knew, because I'd, I'd previously spoken to him saying about not playing as, as much as I wanted at United. So he knew so that I wanted to seed. play more regularly. Yeah. So um, he said, listen, I, I'm, I want you. Um, I've told my chairman I want you go and speak to Sir Alex and have a chat with him. And about eight chats later, um, eventually uh, got to go to Middlesbrough. And it turned out to be a great decision because you had some great years there and got, yeah. got an England call up as well in your time there. Yeah, I had three years there. And like I said, I just wanted to go and play football. And my first year I played, you know, nearly 40 games. I think I played 108 games in three years. But my first season, I think I played nearly every single game. Second season, nearly every single game. My third year, I had a few injuries, but still played like 20, 20 odd but 180 appearances in in three years and mm. won the Carling Cup. And obviously, I think in my second year there, I got three play, player of the year awards, players, mm. player, player, and manager's player, and uh, got uh, full in England's call-up to mm. the international squad, which was, you know, incredible. Who was in the squad at that time? Oh, well, Bex, um, Scholes, he was still in there, Stevie Gerrard, Frank Lampard, you know, it was an amazing bunch of mm -hmm. players. Unfortunately, the... Um, I think it was Sven was the manager at the time. Um, I didn't. I didn't get on, so um, you know, I didn't get a cap. But it's nice to say, you know, and you get get called up by your country. Obviously, your hub has played plenty yeah. of times for for his country. But you know, who was the game against? I think it was Australia. I can't remember. I think it was Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, I was at that game. Where? Yeah, yeah, it was Wayne Rooney's debut, right? Might have been. Yeah, 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 I was there. yeah, yeah. I think Danny Murphy was in the squad as well. It was quite mm -hmm. a few. Um, where was the game at? Wembley. Yeah, Wembley. But it was back in 2002, was it? Two, two, yeah, three? it was about right. Yeah, yeah, I was about 15. But um, yeah, it was amazing to get called up. Yeah. Amazing to train with, you know, quality players. But when you've trained with United, going mm -hmm. to in the international setup, it's it's easy because, yeah, yeah. you know, you train with um incredible squad anyway. So, um, but yeah, it was good. So three years there and then you made the move to West Brom. How did that come about? Well, after my third year at Middlesbrough, so my third year was a, a little bit, uh, so I had my tonsils out during the season because I was getting really badly infected, which was a bit of a nightmare. Why are you laughing? I had your tonsils out. I know, out. yeah. Well, I was getting really, really bad and like, um, you just, uh, I had glandular fever, fever as well, oh. which wiped me out. And then I had tonsillitis and I'd missed about six weeks of football. I know you're laughing about it. Right? The, the, the doctor I said... That, I just found it weird. The, the doctor said I had to have a mouth. Uncle, but as an adult, it's really bad. Enough. It's really bad for you as an adult. I don't know if you know. And I was like really bad with it. Anyway, 
cut a long story short, far more as he batters me. Um, <laughs> no, but glandular fevers, yeah, really bad, so, especially and then as a little bit, yeah. A little bit after that, I got back fit, but glandular fever did knock me back a little yeah. bit. I had my tonsils out, got back training, got back fit, and then I... Um, I did my calf, I tore my calf, so I was out again. So my third year was a bit stop-start, but I still played quite a few games, still do, did well when I was playing. And then in the summer, um, I still had two years on my contract, or maybe three. In the summer, literally day before I was coming back for pre-season, I had a phone call off somebody. I didn't, you know, when you don't know the number, you're just like, uh, shall I answer it or not? And I was like, oh, I better answer it. I answered it, it was day before pre-season. All right, Jonna. I was like, who was this? Oh, it's Steve Gaffer. Just to let you know, I've had a bit accepted from West Brom for you. I think it's time for you to go, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, bloody, that's a bit harsh. We've really got three player of the years, like season before. <laughs> as brutal as that. Yeah, so yeah. And my my boy, Troy, who's 16 now, was born literally the day before. So I was on the high, you know, just had yeah, another yeah, kids, yeah. you know, I was buzzing. And I was like, oh, right, really? I was like, I was a bit pissed off, really, to be honest. So I just said, well, listen, I still got three years on my contract, two years, whatever it was. I'll see you at training tomorrow. Just put phone down on him. And then for the next two weeks, he sort of like, he didn't, I wouldn't say he, he trepped me, trepped me, you know, like dirt or anything, but basically he wanted my transfer fee to bring us a few more players and he wanted to bring Bolo's ending in. Um, it was... What was the transfer fee? 1.5 million. Right. Which I thought was an absolute snip, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, at the time. And um, for two weeks of pre-season, I was in front of all the running the few pre-season games I was playing, I was playing really well. And I was thinking he's going to change his mind, you know what I mean? Because I was proper like flying. And uh, I just remember him pulling me after this one pre-season game saying, listen, I'm not going to play you. You won't be on the bench unless we've got injuries. And I was thinking, bloody hell, that's a little bit harsh. And you've got two years left on your contract? Yeah, I yeah. think maybe three, maybe, three. to be honest. So I went, I went back home and I, I spoke to my mum and dad and I said, listen, I might as well see what West Brom have got to offer. They just got promoted to the Premier mm -hmm. League. So I decided to go and speak to him the day after. Guy Megson was manager. Absolute sound bloke. Bit crazy, but sound bloke. Anyway, I went to meet him. Offered me miles more money than what was on at Middlesbrough. <laughs> Said I was going to play every game. Offered me a four-year contract. I thought, it's a no-brainer. So went back to, um, I was living in Scarborough at the time. Went back to Scarborough with my brother, because my brother came down with me. Told mum and dad. Obviously, Anna, my missus had just had a baby. I'd got an elder one as well who was, she would have been four just started school by the way love we're moving to Birmingham tomorrow <laughs> she was absolutely fuming <laughs> she, I didn't even tell her I'd sign for West Brom I don't think <laughs> she was like Birmingham where the hell's that <laughs> so and that's how it started and then uh, obviously um, did you get paid up by Middlesbrough? nah nah I didn't get paid up just um, accepted a, a new four year contract better money and a security for yourself yeah, as well. Security, like, you know, yeah, security, yeah. Um, obviously, the manager said I was going to play most games, which I did. Under, but you got sacked after seven games, which was a bit crazy. And then Robbo came in, which was the, the first year was a great escape. So I was rocking the table. Sorry. <laughs> I was just like fully rocking the table. <laughs> is, it, is it at West Brom that you developed what I think was quite uh, an iconic look? What, long hair and headbands? Yeah, and the beard <laughs> and the tattoos. Jesus. and I'm not sure it was uh, you really stood out. or anything like that. Yeah, maybe stood out, but I don't know. It wasn't for was, effect or anything. Um, Olsen at West Brom at the time too? He came after... He oh, came so in my third season, him. yeah. He came in my third season, yeah. I definitely inspired him. So you just mentioned... Trendsetter? The, oh, 
Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry. Yeah, you, uh, you mentioned the great escape. Obviously, that's the opposite end of the scale, I guess, to winning the Champions League. But what were the emotions of that like? Because the pictures of that, I, I can think of Kieran Richardson where he's being mobbed and his shirts being pulled are incredible. Yeah, like an, another like another amazing experience, like Maisie mentioned, you know, memories for life. We were the first team to be bottom of the Premier League on Christmas Day to survive. Obviously, Brian Robson came in after seven games. Mego got the sack. Brian Robson came in. I was absolutely buzzing because he was one of my heroes. But yeah, Robbo was like incredible. Boys absolutely loved him. Got us, you know, a real good team spirit. Probably similar to what yeah. we had at United. It was just all about team spirit, hard work and, and stuff. But yeah, we were the first team at bottom at Christmas and no one said we'd survive. And we took it to the last day of the season, obviously beat Portsmouth 2-1. Kieran scored one, I think, who was on loan from United, who did really well for us. And um, all the rest of the results went for us and... All the players were absolutely buzzing because we had like, uh, I think it was 40% pay cut in our wages if we went down. <laughs> so you can imagine the scenes afterwards yep. in the changing room. Players happy, they're still on, you know, big, big salaries. Yeah. All the staff who work at the club obviously would, would keep their jobs and the fans were absolutely buzzing because they were still in the Premier League. It was just amazing. I think we were steaming for about three days after that. <laughs> <laughs> just a little drink there. Yeah. <laughs> And then the following season, you were player of the year. Yeah. But relegation did come, right? Yeah, yeah. That so Rob really was still in charge. And yeah. um, we actually played much better the second year than we did the first year. So when Robbo came in, we were, we were tough to beat. And, we, you know, mm-hmm. we had that, you know, uh, great determination to get results. But as in football in terms, the following year, the year we got relegated, we were so unlucky to go down. We played some really good stuff. We'd, you know, we'd lose the game 2-1 or we'd lose the game 1-0 at the last minute or something like that, but we'd absolutely batter teams. I remember playing Liverpool at home and we absolutely battered them and our centre-half knocked a ball back and Stevie Gerrard shot back pass and Stevie Gerrard went on scored and we lost the game. But we were just a bit unlucky second year. But yeah, on a personal level, did okay, got played a year and um, unfortunately we got relegated and we were playing in the Championship, which was the first time for me. What, what was that like? It was a bit crazy. Slog, really. people say when they've. It was completely different games, to the Premier League. So, yeah. A little bit more rush, rush. Not as much yeah. quality, obviously, but. And so many games, isn't there? I think the worst thing about the first season in the Championship was four games in was Robbo fell out with the, the, the chairman at the time, and um, I think we were fourth in the league, one point off top, game in hand, flying. I think we'd won three, drawn one or something. I can't remember, and then. Robbo fell out with the chairman about mm. signing or something like that and the chairman sacked him and I remember Robbo Nigel Pearson was assistant manager at the time mm-hmm. coming into the change rooms afterwards to say you know he'd been sacked and how good he was and like literally all the players were like tearing up like it was like it was proper emotional like proper weird everyone absolutely loved him everyone was gutted when he left and then out of the blue, Tony Mowbray was announced as the manager literally a day later. Nobody really knew much about Tony Mowbray. Obviously, they knew that he used yeah. to play centre-half, full centre-half. Been at Ipswich a long time. And he came in to be the manager. It was probably the best, probably, two and three-quarter seasons I, I had of playing football because the way we played. Mm. What, what do you mean by that? Just the way we played. So, I mean, he came in after four games... We absolutely blitzed the championship, but we ended up just dropping short, ended up going in the playoffs. We ended up playing Wolves in the derby, or that set two legs in semis, smashed them, I think, 5-1 on aggregate, absolutely Sorry, bad. Sorry, I thought you meant the way you played as in style. Yeah, in style, oh, yeah, 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 as well. Um, but we, we played some really good stuff, attacking yeah. football, and, and we ended up um, going to Wembley to play derby in the playoff final, mm-hmm. even though we probably should have gone up in first or second place. 
and uh, we lost a game 1-0 and we absolutely battered him. I don't know if you remember the game, is. he probably wouldn't watch championship game, but uh, we absolutely battered him. Lost 1-0. Oh, I was watching it, yeah. I was watching it because John were playing. <laughs> everyone was absolutely gutted because we'd done so well all season. Obviously got to play our final in front of 90,000 people and lost a game 1-0 and mm -hmm. we were still in the championship. But then the following season, Tony made me captain and which was out of the blue because I wasn't a screamer or a baller or anything like that. I was more you know, professional, do it, did everything right and no, stuff. but and managers know when you've had that education from Manchester United Yeah, as maybe, well. yeah, maybe. And you named me captain in the summer and um, Kevin Phillips came in, who was some goal scorer. Yeah. I and mean, I think we scored like 120 goals or something mad and we absolutely blitzed the uh, championship and went up as champions. And mm -hmm. like I mentioned earlier, one of the, another great memory for me was, you know, lifting that trophy last game of the season. We had to beat QPR. Uh, I think Stoke... If we'd have drawn and Stoke had won, they'd have gone up as champions and we'd have gone up in second place. And we absolutely battered QPR, I think it was two or three nil, mm -hmm. and uh, ended up lifting the trophy um, and getting back promoted to the Premier League. Wages went back up. Bonuses, everyone was happy. Years, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. And Going then uh, and to down. Fulham, which yeah. was pretty eventful because obviously you went to the, what at the time was the UEFA Cup final, but it's now the Europa League final. Yeah, correct. And um, I had another year at West Brom. We got mm -hmm. relegated that year. Yeah. So my final year under Tony Roby, we got relegated um, again. As captain. As captain, yeah, which was obviously yeah. a bit disappointed. But again, I played all every single game. Mm -hmm. um, we played re some really good stuff again, but we just probably didn't spend enough in the transfer market. Our defenders work well, not just playing on defenders, yeah. but we didn't have, we had Kev Phillips left. So we didn't keep Kev for the Premier League, which we should have done, biggest yeah. mistake ever. We didn't buy enough players and um, we, we unfortunately went down even though we played quite well. And then that summer, back in the championship, I was sat on all day. I think it was my 30th. I was in Marbella yeah, with the missus. I think she'd surprised me with a little trip to Marbella for my 30th. And a phone call went and it was uh, Roy Hodgson saying, would you be interested in coming to Fulham? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I don't, didn't really want to play in the pre uh, championship again. I'd just done two years there. Um, what did you have left on your contract then? I had so two years left, I think two years, but obviously money had gone down, back to championship wages. Yeah. I didn't really want, I was 30, I was thinking, well, if there's a chance to play in the Premier League again, you know, um, at my age and, and Europa League, obviously, you know, I've got to try and take it. And all summer they were trying to get me and they couldn't, uh, West Brom weren't budging, they weren't letting me go. Did so, you go uh, in to, to see them and say, listen? Yeah, so I ended up going into... Um, See Dan, Dan Ashworth, who used to be at England. Um, he's at Brighton now as the right. uh, technical director. He was technical director at West Brom at the time. He was like the girl between the chairman and the mm -hmm. manager. So I went to see him, sat outside his office with a transfer request in. I didn't want to do it, you know, where I'd been there a long time, played like, you know, over 220 odd games for him. And, um, and I was captain of the club and I didn't, it didn't feel right, but they just weren't budging. And then I, was, I, was, I spoke to the chairman and said, listen, I've been loyal to you give you good service. This is a chance to play in the Europa League and Premier League again. Please let me go. And they just weren't budging. So I ended up putting a couple of transfer requests in, rocking the boat a little bit. A couple? Yeah. I ended up, yeah. It took about probably four weeks to sort out. Right. I actually started the season. So I played the first championship game for West Brom against Newcastle at home. I think we drew 0-0 on Sky. And then the following week, we had a Carling Cup game on the Wednesday. Right. And... I didn't refuse not I didn't refuse to play, but I said I didn't really want to play because Fulham had sort of like just got it all crossed over the line. Right. 
and then I ended up going to um, to Fulham. And uh, it was a strange one because they wanted it to be um, a loan first with the transfer fee after. Do you know what I mean? Because the chairman didn't want the fee in that tax year for some reason. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being um, like a loan to permanent, even though I signed a four-year contract, which was great for me because I was 30 at the time. Um, it ended up being um, like a loan to permanent. So, um, yeah, it was good. Nice. You've played for some great managers, quite iconic managers, really, when you think about it. Yeah, Edward yeah. Hudson. Some- Unbelievable Did you managers. enjoy playing for him? Yeah, he was he was he was quality, but completely different to the rest of them. You know, um, it was all shape, uh, literally just walk through shape every single day. No small sided games. No, not much costing shooting. No, you know, mm. fun rondo boxes. It was just basically shape, 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 shape. But it got it gets results, and yeah. you know, the year two thousand nine ten season. I think we finished tenth in the Premier League and got what to the Europa League final. About moving to London then. She was happy because there was Oxford Street and all that, weren't there? So she was quite happy about moving to London. Not so much moving to Birmingham, even though she had a good time in Birmingham. But yeah, she was quite happy moving to does London. Does it take a lot? Of, I mean, you've not you've not had to move, have you, Alan? Really? No. Does it take a lot? Probably, of you probably moving? should have moved, but kids and stuff like that. As yeah, well. it's a bit of a it's a bit of a like, yeah. I mean, we've lived Manchester, Middlesbrough, Birmingham, Birmingham. London, yeah. Nottingham, and then back in York. So. And our, is your wife from York? My wife's from the same place I'm from, Scarborough. Right, okay. So yeah, but we obviously live in York now. But I think it was probably hardest for my hel- my eldest kid, who's 21 now, because right. we had her quite young. I don't know if you remember, Maze used to bat me about it. <laughs> you have a baby at 21, you mental, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, she's probably moved like school, schools probably too too many times for, for a young kid mm. should do, really. Uh, but she she's fine. She's yeah. a fully qualified hairdresser now, so she's doing something right. Mm. Obviously not. But it's tough. Obviously it's not, because you haven't touched yours yet. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming as soon as I said it. Um, but yeah, I thought I it was in lockdown. I'm sure she could have started that ban it out. <laughs> she did start last year. She did well, start she started last cutting year. it last year. Yeah. Well, it is that long. Last uh, 13 months ago when we first started, she gave me a skinhead and then I had a few dodgy haircuts. I dyed my hair blonde because I was bored and... Now I've just grown it out again. <laughs> Maisie dyed his hair black. I did. Yeah. I did. But yeah, getting on to your question, sorry. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, some unbelievable managers, you know. Uh, Mark Hughes, mm-hmm. Vlad, Roy Hodgson, Martin Yall. Um, Tony Mowbray was brilliant with me. Brian Robson, um, Steve McLaren, Alex Ferguson. That's a list, isn't it? Um, some incredible managers. And then England 21s and 18s. I think, I think as well, Jonathan, when you look back at, over your career, all those m- unbelievable managers how much you've actually learned mm-hmm. from them and you can't get back in the game with that experience behind mm. you. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard to think. Yeah, it's, it's mad. It is crazy. I mean, I've got some, obviously you have your own ideas about coaching yeah, the way you course, want to play, yeah. but... But if you can get the, little bits of all those managers... Exactly, yeah. And and most of it's all, you know, things you don't see, you know, standards, sure. professionalism yeah. and stuff like that. And um, some of the managers have had, obviously, uh, prime examples of setting the right standards and, mm. and not just you know, being dictators, I've actually given a little bit of trust over to the players as well, because I think that's what Alex Ferguson was very yeah. good at, wasn't he? Um, with the United players, because some of the characters in the, <laughs> in the United dressing room, you know, were, were up there, weren't they? So, um, Can I just ask, sorry, I forgot to ask this question. When did you um, move backwards on the pitch from striker to be a midfielder? Well, when I went to, obviously, a few times at United, and then when I went to Middlesbrough, Steve McLaren played me, either, my first season, I either played me left wing or right wing. Right. Second season, we played 
more of a four-three-three. So he'd play me in a three mm-hmm. in midfield to the left of the three. So George Botang would hold. I'd play on the left. Jeremy would play on the right, and then we'd play either Janino in the hole with Botchis and job up front or we'd play three straight up front so we'd play four three three not bad forwards either are yeah they, yeah not way. bad so and then when I went to West Brom I played left wing my first year probably most of my second year then I went into centre midfield my third mm-hmm. year and then I played centre midfield for the rest of my career mm-hmm. so just goes to show you know I started off as striker as a young kid I thought I'm yeah. always play striker everybody yeah. starts as striker there's, a, and then, there's only Rude that started as striker and stayed as striker yeah maybe yeah but um yeah, I got to learn different mm-hmm. positions, but it was all self-taught, like I mentioned earlier. No one ever, ever coached me. It was yeah. literally, you're playing there, just got to learn for yourself, get on with it. Yeah. So after Fulham, you went to Nottingham Forest and you talked about how they you got to do a bit of coaching there and then you took your six months off. Is it is it from that point that you started to think it was time to hang up your boots? Yeah, so when I went to Forest... Um, Steve McLaren was there though. Steve McLaren took me again, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So oh, was, that, was that a little bit awkward? Yeah, it was crazy. So my second year at Fulham, I think we finished seventh in the Premier League and Mark, under Mark Hughes. Yeah. Brilliant year. I didn't probably play as many games as I wanted, but I was on the bench and I was coming on here, here there and everywhere. But he really liked me. I really liked him. We had a great group at Fulham, like great lads, doing really well. And then he left. He thought he was going to get the Villa job. I don't know if you remember. He was linked with the Villa job. So he left the Fulham job. I think Villa sort of like new owners had come in and offered a lot of money. But then he left Fulham and then the Villa job turned out to be a dud. Yeah, they pulled out on him. So anyway, Martin Yoll came in and he decided in the summer, first two weeks in training, he just pulled me straight away. I played a Europa League game early doors in Iceland somewhere and I played quite well. And he pulled me the next day and said, listen, you're not part of my plans which was fine. No yeah. problems. 32 years old. I, I totally get it. I had a year left on my contract and he said, you can, you can look to move. And it was just weird because he, he, he said that to me that, that day. And then literally the afternoon I'd gone back home after training, just chilling at garden with kids playing footy. My phone rang and it was Steve McLaren saying, um, just got the Nottingham Forest job. Wanted to come here. I was like, oh wow, that's mad. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. <laughs> and so I was 32. I thought, yeah, I've got, Go and have a little crack at that, and end up going. Not to, awkward in any way, like having him getting booting you out. Of yeah, I was still, I was still a bit peed off of him the way it ended at Middlesbrough. Did you think now, like, ah, oh, well, I've got you now by the yeah. By well, the I, I was thinking, well, I've got a year left here at Fulham. I was happy where I was, but I was yeah. thinking, you know, see what the see what they offer. You know, you just see what they offer, don't you? So I went up with my agent, and um, they offered me a three-year contract. I was thirty-two. I was thinking, well, three years takes me to I'm thirty-five. Brilliant. You know, most footballers finish at thirty-five. Yeah. Um, happy days so um, I thought happy with the terms I went to go and sign the following day with my agent I stayed overnight went to the sign read all the contracts up went to go and sign the next day went to go and sign it and my agent went oh don't sign yet John I was like why he said I pulled out the third year I was like have they so I'd look usually I just like that you know anything so lucky he checked and they made the third year into a year option if I played so many games mm. in the second year, you know, like they do, Maisie. So I was like, oh, little b****, <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of thing. <laughs> so I was like, so my agent was like, that's it. We're not signed. So Steve McLaren and the, the other guy, I can't remember who it was, the, the chief exec was trying to get it sorted. Anyway, they couldn't get it sorted. They couldn't agree it. So my agent at the time, who I'd had since United, when yeah. said, come, let's get off. I was like, oh God, I've got to drive for like three hours back down to London now. So I drove all the way back down to London, speaking to Mel and he was saying, no, they're not budgeting. They still want that third year option. 
And I was like, oh no, I'll just stay where I am. I've got a year left. I'll just go on a free transfer yeah. next year. And then literally an hour later, they said, oh, it's all sorted. You can drive back up and sign. I was like, oh, <laughs> did you drive the whole way back up no, again? No, no. I said, listen, I'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. So I went back the next day and signed. And um, it was a mad three years because first six months went really well. Well, the first three months went well. And then Steve McLaren got sacked because um, he fell out with the chairman. <laughs> so he got sacked. And then who came in? I think it was Steve Cottrell. Remember Steve Cottrell? Yes. Steve Cottrell came in and he was, he was good. He f- bit different to what I was used to probably a little bit more long ball didn't really use the centre mids mm. as much as what I was I was used to and um, but he was class with me really good and then I brought my ankle in the January so I brought my ankle against Leicester where uh, on Monday night football so I was out for the rest of the season six months out uh, eight eight screws and a rod in my ankle so 33 and a half by then you know I got back fit to being fit but you know when you're just thinking oh, yeah. I've gone a little Getting bit here. Harder, yeah. And um, the rest of it was sort of like bit part. I went on, on loan for a month. Do you know, to get touching fit. on that, breaking your ankle and stuff like that, and coming back, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think now of how Luke Shaw must have gone, because I've not spoken to Luke Shaw about it, but do you know your next tackle on the, or your first tackle back? Are you always. Yeah, you're wary of it for about a while. A long Yeah. yeah. Because you I look think, at Luke when he came back, mm-hmm. he struggled for a bit. Yeah. And obviously now he's playing yeah, he's the best flying. football he's ever played. Yeah. I think it does affect you psychologically a yeah. little bit. I think um, when I first came back, I was always very tentative, you know, mm. making that, 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 that cycle. One. And I think um, for me, I was in absolute agony for about a year afterwards. Every training session, every game was literally agony. Every time I used to stand on my left leg, it was like somebody was stabbing me with a knife, boom. Boom. every time I used to plant my foot and it wasn't until about after a year of training and playing that the pain just went it was like mad I had it for such a long it's like time like planters fascia is and it, it just like went it was like crazy um, but I enjoyed my time at Forest um, Billy Davis came in after Steve Cottrell and he was great with me got me back into the team on the bench stuff like that and at the end of my contract um, that's when he said he found out I was doing my B licence and he said, listen, we'd love to have you around for a year to look after the young lads. What's your thoughts? Are you going to carry on playing? I was 35 and a half at the time or do you want to get into coaching? And at the time, I only had, I only had, well, I was 35 and a half, but I'd been fit for a year and a half, two years. I'd played probably another 40 games or whatever. Um, nobody wanted me. I was like, oh God, there must be somewhere out there who wants me, but literally nobody wanted me. So uh, I think the only option I had was Hartlepool. Mm-hmm. And they were offering like terrible money and it was like a two hour drive there, two hour drive back. And I was thinking, there's just no point. So I decided was to... That, was that tough to get your head around? Yeah, because I still felt, felt like I could have played, especially yeah, in that yeah. league. Because I'd, you know, yeah. I'd been playing in the championship. So I knew I could easily still do League One, League Two. I didn't probably want to go too far away from York yeah. area, but, you know, clubs like Chesterfield, you know, places like that, Scunthorpe mm-hmm. and none of them were interested and um, so I had, I had a massive decision to make really so I decided to go and play semi-pro and coach so it was the best of, best of both worlds so mm-hmm. coached the 21s for a year play, carried on playing for a team called Taddy uh, Tadcaster Albion which was uh, which was uh, an experience <laughs> pass the ball to a player you don't get it back it goes out of play <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it because hopefully know, they're not listening yeah, no, they will be. but you, you you that's the thing you probably miss nowadays from playing probably Maisie you're the same is you know the team spirit and yeah. the banter and the paintball the changing rooms yeah. and the 
the. Uh, did you find it? Do you find it hard? How long have you been out of the game now? So I retired in fully 2014, but I retired semi-pro 2018, summer 2018. You, do you find it tough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. I know. You, I know you say about missing the dressing room and yeah. stuff like that, but yeah, I, I think you. Uh, if I'm be You've honest, a lot, obviously. Yeah, if if I'm be honest, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I probably still do. Sometimes I I feel really bad, and you think you know, I wish you could go through it all over again. Yeah, um, it's probably because you have so many. Well, football is all about highs and lows. You have so many, don't you? And yeah. you sort of like um, you come out of it, and especially when you stop coaching full time, because I coached for another two years after that with Forest and York, and then you sort of like got all your day to yourself. You know, kids are at school. Yeah, your eldest is at work, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your missus is shopping or at gym or whatever. You sort of you just sat there doing that, eh? and there's nothing to do apart from thinking about being a footballer and mm. wanting to be a footballer still, and you know, uh, playing in front of massive crowds and being on the TV, and you don't have that anymore. So it does get you know quite dark it's some days. Yeah. yeah, it's horrible. But, do you um, have any regrets over your career? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think um, it's an hard one. That really. No, I don't. I don't have many massive regrets. I probably, the biggest regret I have is probably leaving Middlesbrough when I did because I still felt like I had more. I was just Mm -hmm. going into the best years of my career and the fans liked me and I was doing okay there apart from my third year I had a few injuries. But, you know, I think my second year there getting, doing so well and getting in the England squad probably merited me a little bit more time with Steve McLaren. So probably... A little regret I didn't probably stay, but then on the flip side to that, I had the best five years at West Brom I've mm. ever had. So it's a hard, yeah, it's a hard balance, really. Before we let you go, and thank you so much for sharing so many wonderful stories with us. Oh, I've absolutely loved this yeah. podcast. There are a few other stories on other podcasts that we've listened to about you. Yeah. And maybe this is a perfect opportunity to put some of those straight, uh, mostly about <laughs> your time at West Brom. Uh, the first one is about a confusion about the sun when you were in Portugal. I, I can tell you about that one, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Brian Robson was manager of West Brom at the time. We went to Portugal on a pre-season break Mm -hmm. and he said to us after a training session, we did a double training session. After the training session, he said, you have to go to your rooms, no drinking tonight, blah, blah, blah. Tomorrow is a day of fun. All the golfers be in reception for nine o'clock, you're going golfing. The non-golfers be at the port for 9.30. Me, horse, uh, Paul Robinson, Andy Johnson, Andrew Johnson, la- long-haired lad who split Norwich and yeah. Forest, not golfers, ended up at the uh, the port. The gaffer Robbo had hired this boat, this little speedboat thing. He'd filled it with booze. But you were going to say no, yacht no, there, yeah. a speedboat, <laughs> <laughs> booze, not all, all sorts. Anyway, he took us out on this like a proper booze trip. Cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ended up, ended, up, ended up pulling in this cove, drinking all day, sunbathing, had best time ever, absolutely steaming. Anyway, we get back to the, um, to where we had these little little villas of four people staying in these villas. Obviously, we were all steaming, been drinking all day. We were going back out on the night. We were just all getting showered. We were just sat outside and it was boiling hot. And I didn't say anything about there being two suns, <laughs> even though I was drunk. All I said was, it's a different kind of heat over here. It's a completely different kind of heat over here compared to back home in England because we were absolutely sweating our knackers off. And uh, for some reason, he said, horse said that I said there was two sons, one in Portugal and one in yeah. England. But I did not say that. Okay. I know the other story you're going to tell. The one about the mirror? About the mirror. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not true either. <laughs> Which was, he claimed that you tried to put a mirror up by putting the nail through the glass. <laughs> 
So not true, yeah. but I'm terrible at DIY. So if I need anything putting up, my brother comes. So when I was in Manchester, my brother would come all the way from Scarborough to put it up. Yeah. Every single house I've lived at, he's always come over and doing all my pictures. But this one one day involves a bit of alcohol again, actually. <laughs> but it, Horse and his missus came over for, uh, I think it was their 30th, a few bottles of wine. There was a mirror. And I, it just been, you know, when you're late against the wall because you, you can't put it up, you're waiting for your brother to come. And he was like, oh, we can get that up. Just, and I was trying to put the, <laughs> the screw through the mirror. It's a load of, it's a load of uh, Right. Well, thank you very much. Good opportunity to put them straight. (laughs) One more question, sorry, before you go. A recommendation for a future podcast. Who would be your recommendation? Have you had Chaddy on yet? No. No, No, neither Shermanator on yet. You need to get him on there. He'll be funny. That's it. Luke Chadwick then. Chaddy's class. Thank you so much for talking to us. Pleasure. Brilliant. Absolutely. I loved it. Cheers, Jono. Thank you. Pleasure, that, mate. Brilliant. Great stuff. How have we never heard that paintball story before, Maisie? I can't believe we haven't had him on the podcast yet because that was one of the funniest. His stories, my yeah. cheeks were actually in pain. Yeah, yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, so funny. Yeah, your impression of Peter Michael being shot by paintballs was a real highlight for me. You deserved it. <laughs> also, uh, the story about playing snooker or maybe pool with Sir Alex ahead of the Champions League final, and yeah. then him going, "Yeah, unlucky son, unlucky son, you're not in the squad, you're not in the, you're not on the bench." And then he's going. It goes back to his uh, back to his room, listening to the Verve. Yeah, yeah. He said feeling all emotional. <laughs> yeah, it's funny now in hindsight, but at that time, yeah. it mustn't have yeah. been a funny moment for him. Twenty-two year old, yeah. brilliant. Oh, it was really, really That's good just, podcast. Did you, I really do you know that. what? We've had some amazing stories of of things that happen in your career and stuff like that. that I don't even know that. And I've known him 20 odd years. Yeah, it was it's absolutely brilliant. awesome. I just love that story about Sir Alex and the pool slash snooker. He's not sure. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that no. side of him being told before. No, so good. Uh, also amazing that he, after that incredible career, he can't get back in the team. He I can't know. get back into coaching even. I know. I know. That's it's ridiculous. really surprising, isn't it? It's ridiculous. You know, the amount of managers he's played under and, and good managers. Mm-hmm. You know, Fergie, Roy Hodgson, Steve McLaren as a coach. Unbelievable. Yeah. Should we do some emails? Okay. Let's do some emails. I'm trying to find my hand warmer. Okay. Well, Helen lo- yeah, looks for her hand warmer. I'll read Evette. Here, there's one. I can't get it. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, Helen finds her hand warmer. Hey, tell you what, they're, they're really good. Oh my God, how are they? I know. Where have you got them from? They're just they're hand really warmers. Good. They're like from Amazon, like a pound or something. Oh, they're so good. Okay. Okay, so I'll... Uh, will you shut up so we can finish? <laughs> Right, so in the chaos of Helen and Maisie looking for their hand warmer, obviously, we forgot to do your emails. And actually, we have some news to bring you since we recorded this a couple of weeks ago. So I will do some emails first, and then I will bring you the news. Right, let's get to those emails. Uh, Loving the podcast, a highlight of my week, seeing who's up next, and always a great listen while on the road. Please can you get John O'Greening on? Love to hear his story of joining the club, getting a place on the bench of the Champions League final, making the decision to leave Old Trafford. Maybe find out if I taught him anything in our days growing up, playing down a local park during the school holidays. Also, have we done a David May podcast? Turn the tables on him. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Mark Appleby. Well, Mark, I can tell you we have done Jonathan Greening. We have just done it. So hopefully we answered all of your questions, except obviously if you taught him anything growing up down a local park Uh, but what I can tell you is we've also done a David May podcast it's right back at the beginning so if you head back to like episode five episode three it's around there somewhere you'll absolutely love it Maisie is a phenomenal guest as you would expect 
Neck, dear Helen, Sam, and my favorite Maisie, I would like to thank you for your effort, which I truly appreciate every episode during difficult times and find somehow joy in my life by watching United Games and your podcast. I enjoyed the Mark Hughes episode, the story of playing two games in one day, which I find shocking of football days back in the day. If it's possible, I would like to request Michael Owen on your podcast, as I think it will be really interesting to hear his side of stories at Manchester United, especially from a Liverpool lad. Thank you again. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to hearing the new episodes. That's Ted from Thailand. Ted, yesterday, literally yesterday, I was thinking about Michael Owen as a guest. Excellent suggestion. We'll get on it. And finally, hi, Helen, Sam and Maisie. I'm writing to you listening after the Bojan Djordic episode. And what an episode that was. I started listening to it coming home on the train last night and I couldn't stop until I reached the end of it. What a life story. And I love how honest he was. Really appreciate the discussion at the end of the episode about how we need to see footballers as human beings. And I wholeheartedly agree that the United podcast is helping me to do that. So kudos to the three of you. I recall feeling disappointed when he left United without living up to his football manager potential. And this episode really helps put everything in context and gives me a greater appreciation for his time at United. This episode also gave me some ideas for a couple of guest requests. First, another great, perhaps the greatest Swedish to don the United colours, none other than Henrik Larsson himself. The buzz that his loan sign generated will probably never be matched. Albert Morgan alluded to this in his episode, and I would love to hear him talk about it, and of course, the amazing career he had before he came to us. Bojan also mentioned Chockey, Brian McClare, and I would love to hear his stories, both as a player and as a coach at United, I still have fond memories of the Chucky's Diaries column that he wrote for the official United magazine back in the day, which never failed to get a chuckle out of me. Apologies for the long email and thank you for the great work that you three have been doing on the podcast. I love it and long may it continue. Cheers. That's from Yong in Singapore. Yong, thank you very much. Henrik Larsson would be one of my one of my gets, definitely. I'd love to get Henrik Larsson and uh, we'll certainly give Brian McClare a go as well. And as always, thank you so much for getting in touch. We love reading your emails. We love reading your reviews. I particularly love listening, uh, reading where people are listening to the podcast, like people that are out dog walking and hiking and running, driving to work. I don't know. I think that's really cool. Sort of connects us. Um, so thank you for sending all of those. This is the good news and we have some bad news. The bad news is that we're going to take a short break from the podcast for a few weeks over the summer. We're going to use that time to get some more great stories recorded and then we'll be back into the swing of things before you know it, just like I guess the regular football season. Um, the good news is that all of our podcasts are now available on the latest update of the Manchester United app. Something we're really excited about as all of our episodes are in there, you can go back, you can listen to them, plus there's tons of bonus content like related articles, clips of goals and if you register for the app you can watch the episodes in full too for free for free you can watch the whole episode which is brilliant people are always asking why they can watch the episodes because you can see the goals as the players are talking about them and clips of particular incidents and just general highlights absolutely superb free that's the official manchester united app have a look at that while we're off for a few weeks and we will see you very soon again thank you all so much for being part of this with us bye